got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, this born like this. Immaculate conception, I transform like this, perform like this. What's else you a new weapon? I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that put the kiss to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got realness. I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA. I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA. I got dark, I got evil that right now. inside my DNA. I got off, I got trouble, so hard inside my DNA. I just went again, then went again like Wimbledon, I served. Yeah, that's him again. You see fireworks and coffee tires, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. Welcome back to Cautiously Optimistic. Episode 10. We have reached double digits on the podcast. We are feeling great about that. We are also feeling great because the NBA playoffs are just around the corner. The regular season has come to an end, and it's time for the best postseason in sports, in my opinion at least. What's better than a two and a half month? Run to glory. We just got out of March yeah, Madness, which is the March best postseason in sports. That's not an argument. Well, you know, this one lasts longer, and I guess I guess you're right. March Madness is good. The, get, I, let me I, rephrase. The best in, pro. In the fact, best pro. I would make the argument that this is the worst professional postseason. Oh. oh. Two and a half months needed for, what, 16 series to go through 16 teams to advance to the playoffs? I love that. I love that it lasts so long. It's playoffs. It's intense. Every right year. now, what's the date right now? Yes, it's, it's two months. Thir- it's two months. The 13th of April. It goes April, mid-April to mid-June. It's two months of energy, of What fun, other of What other playoff hoops? system takes two months? None, and that's why this one's so great. I do like I do like NBA playoffs. I'm not I like the, the games say, are fine. I'm just saying we don't need two to three off days between every game just because it's the playoffs. I'm not mad about it. Why? No, what other sport takes irregular amounts of breaks when they go into the postseason? None. I don't care. Any I don't care about that. I, Besides I for like... I, I support... The, name I, any other sport that does that. Football from the championship series to the Super Bowl. You, you take two weeks off. Week. You have that's, one game. That is an irregular amount of time game. for your... That's what I'm saying. You so asked the question, wanted, I answered If you wanted to do three games before the NBA Finals, an extra three games, I'd be fine with that. But not two months. I'm just saying. You're gonna tell me this is not ridiculous? And it's not that they it's a don't. They, they take two. There's not like they never take two days off between games in the regular season. They do that no, very often. I understand. And that. these are two game breaks. And most of the time, it's only one. They'll take one day off. No, it's and not. Then it's one not off. one day. And then when they travel, they take an extra day. They'll take three once they get to the later rounds. We can look at the schedule. Either way, that's not the point. Before we get into the brackets, let's talk a little about the players that stood out throughout the year, as well as maybe a coach or two that stood out. Um, We've already discussed the MVP uh, at length. Uh, all three of us here believe it should be Russell Westbrook, without a doubt. You want to hear that conversation? It was on our last podcast. Check yep. it out on the page. Yep, podcast nine. Check that out. Listen to our MVP votes. Um, but really, this week, we will be talking about some of the other awards. We're going to start with the Rookie of the Year, uh, which is an interesting award. It comes down to a few different candidates, and really the biggest deciding factor uh, for a lot of people, is if Joel Embiid played enough games to qualify as the Rookie of the Year. Because I think he was certainly the most talented rookie this year. He only played 31 games, though. So that's where a lot of people have the issue, because it's less than half the season. So and what, I, do you, what do you guys think about that? I think that you actually just said it right there, is that did he play enough games to qualify as the best rookie of the year? And, and did he play enough games to qualify as playing his rookie season? The answer to that is yes. Therefore... I think he deserves the Rookie of the Year. I think he was obviously the best rookie when he was playing. 
Um, he did more in those 30 games, whatever it was, than most players did the whole season, most other rookies. I don't understand why we can't give it to him just because he didn't play. I mean, I understand he, played, he didn't play 50 games. Yeah. I get it. And if you were to make the comparison to like Yasiel Puig when he had his run when he came in, obviously he didn't get it that year. Mm-hmm. But I think that we've, we know Embiid, and not only on the court, off the court, he's already a superstar. Yeah, like this. This guy has transcended what most rookies are, and I I don't see a reason not to give it to him. Social media too, savage, yeah, too, and we love it. And I mean, the argument against Joel Embiid as rookie of the year, obviously, yes, he was the most talented rookie. But if you look at any other award, MVP, Coach of the Year, all those awards, if if we said that Russell Westbrook played thirty games, averaged a triple double, we wouldn't give him uh, MVP for playing thirty games. You know, I think it should be a full season award. Unfortunately, this really because I, I would have voted for Embiid easily if he if he played all all the games, but unfortunately, I do think that the amount of games does factor in here and will sway me away from voting for Embiid. And uh, the other two candidates that I think it'll only come down to are Malcolm Brogdon of the Milwaukee Bucks, who was actually a second round pick. Who that's kind of a, a cool story, an impressive story to go from a second round pick into a possible Rookie of the Year candidate. And then also Embiid's, Embiid's teammate, Dario Saric, who kind of stepped into Embiid's void when he was injured and really turned it up in the second half of the season. So between Brogdon and Embiid, I know, Jesse, you think it should... I mean, Brogdon and Saric, um, I know, Jesse, you think it should be Embiid no matter what, but I personally will go with um, Brogdon just because he played a full season and did it, and that, and I'd, I'd take value in that. Yeah, I, I think that's the what, what it came down to me as well. I think to me it's just two candidates, really, it's just Brogdon or Embiid. Uh, Sarge is nice, and certainly I think he's going to be a good NBA player, but just wasn't quite enough this year. Um, and, you know, Jesse, you brought up an interesting point earlier about how he's a star off the court, and this is one of the first real stars we've seen uh, who's really created his whole buzz through social media to a certain degree, you know, he, and it's very generational for us, for people our age. Young, tw- young 20-year-old athletes who are able to reach out to fans like that and, you know, do funny things, start ad campaigns. And and it's all all fun and well. There's nothing to do with him playing basketball, though. And that's kind of why I like Mag- uh, Malcolm Brogdon to a certain degree. Um, you know, he resisted that, in, in a sense. The, the Bucks wanted to start a whole campaign. He said, no, I'd rather have you donate that money to charity and just, you know, let my on-court actions speak for themselves. And his on-court actions speak loud enough. You know, he's one of the most efficient. He, I think he was the most efficient rookie in the NBA. Um, and he's certainly taken this Bucks team. We're going to go, I think I'm going to go into a lot more detail about this later, but just how big of a jump they made this year. Um, and just that Bucks team has gotten so much better on a year-to-year basis. Um, and this is the year they really kind of took that leap, and now they're into the playoffs. And Brogdon playing the full year, I think you brought up another interesting point, Jess. With Puig, you know, he uh, maybe came in a month late, but he ended up playing the rest of the season. Let's call it 130 games. And those first 60 games may have been miraculous, just as Embiid's first 31 were pretty sensational, but he fell off. And we'll never know yeah. if Embiid fell off. And, and I'm not saying that you know he would have, because I think maybe by comparison, Embiid may have a little more talent and just raw ability in the NBA as compared to Yasiel and MLB. But uh, there's still a chance for him to struggle, certainly. And we just don't know if that was going to happen. Brogdon played all the games. We know that's going to be his line the full year. And that's why I'm going with him. And I like Brogdon. I'm, I wouldn't be upset if Brogdon gets it. And I think he ended up. He will end up getting it. I, I think most of the voters are going to say Embiid didn't play enough games. And my only other thought with this, with this is that, and I know it's a difference. So, like, when we have LeBron, you know, he'll, he'll play a 60-game season because he's going to rest 20 games. 
just because they know they're making the playoffs and that. But we're still willing to give him the MVP even though he didn't play a full season. He was healthy for a full season, but he didn't play a full season. And I understand 60 games is double the amount of the 30 that Embiid played. But I think it's just something to chew on a little bit. And who knows? It would have been interesting. I would have loved to see what Embiid could have done when he was taken off that minutes restriction, too, because he was on a minutes restriction when he was playing his games. Yeah. Um, so it would have been interesting to see what, what he could have done when he would have been playing closer to 32 minutes a game instead of the 20, 25. Did LeBron only play 60 games this year? Uh, he's, he, I mean, he had like 65. He played in 74. 74. So okay. that's almost every game this season. Well, one thing I can look forward to is whenever the rookie is announced, and it probably won't be Embiid, but whenever whoever you know posts it, Brogdon posts on Instagram or an NBA posts on Instagram, I can't wait for whatever Embiid says in the comments because we know something's coming. Yeah, and that's that is really true. he's really been kind of the yeah. uh, the innovator with you know commenting on Instagram in the NBA circles and kind of starting a movement there, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and that is one thing I will say is if this award was our favorite new player in the NBA, then this would be runaway for Embiid. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to yeah. get close for that. Our favorite new player, but best rookie on the court, that's up for debate. Yeah, and then moving over to Coach of the Year now, we have a few candidates here that um, are led with, we'll throw in, there's obviously Steve Kerr, who led the Warriors to one of the, the best record in the NBA again. Now you want to bring now up Steve Kerr. Kerr. Before we start the podcast, we're bringing up Pop. I'm, we're bringing this him guy, in. We're bringing before, him in. Before we start, before everybody who's listening, before we started, Nick <laughs> lists off like seven different coaches, none of which are Steve Kerr. And then the Sully, Sully gives him a little bit for it. And then the first thing he says when we're on air, Steve Kerr, you know, obviously uh, someone that we're, we need to bring up we're here. We're bringing him into the conversation. We're bringing him into the conversation. <laughs> Then we also have Greg Popovich, another 60-win season for the Spurs, and that seems to be like given every year with him, which I think people can get bored by that, but I think that's, that's something to be said there. Um, then we have Mike D'Antoni, the, our favorite Mike D'Antoni with the Rockets, installing a system to perfect... We're saying our favorite for him? We like that, him? That was sarcastic. I was I, trying to I get hope sarcasm so. I there. didn't come um, off that sarcastic. I was scared. <laughs> D'Antoni is, a, is such an interesting figure in my mind because I hated him so much when he was with L.A. I still do. Still looks like but, a Pringles like every, game. Every player has said, like, yeah, he didn't really get a fair chance. Or, like, they didn't give him the players That's true. to let him develop. But, yeah, I still have that hatred there at the same time. Well, I, I think he is a very – well, yeah, we'll get into it in a second. I'm just going to list some other people. We have Brad Stevens, who brought his Celtics to the top seed in the East. We'll say brought them to the top seed, but, you know, the Cavaliers struggled in the end. And if the Cavaliers wanted to play, they would have got the top seed. Um, still, very impressive season for the Celtics. They've really kind of shown what a rebuilding team is supposed to do, whereas the Lakers – are not quite rebuilding the right way. And the, the comparisons from when they match up in the finals in 2010 to now just kind of shows how a rebuilding process should take place. Um, and then we have even Eric Spolster, even though the Heat didn't make the playoffs, the Heat were 11-30 and 30 at one point and finished the season, I believe, 29-11. and 11. And that's a, a very impressive run to end the season. They missed the playoffs by one game, unfortunately. It would have been probably a little bit more to help his candidacy if they did make the playoffs, but still I would like to include him in the conversation. So guys, what do you think? Is it uh, Kerr, D'Antoni, Stevens, Spolstra? Uh, you know, this is... Coach Theory is always very tough because to me at least you you don't see the majority of their actions. You know, you obviously can see in-game adjustments and you can see the timeouts they take and the substitutions they make, but it's hard to see every day of practice. And it's hard to see how much work that they're getting back from their players because of how good they are at coaching. That's just the forefront for this. Now, all those guys you mentioned have been great. Um, I actually, especially like you mentioned Spolstra, because the, the way that they came back towards the end of the year, and I really think Spolstra has 
solidified himself as a great NBA coach, even with LeBron moving on. You know, because I think that was the big knock at the beginning of his career was that he just, you know, he had the superstar team, but he really can coach basketball. Um, one of the guys I'd like to give a shout-out to, Jason Kidd, continuing my Bucks team, going <laughs> from the, I think they were the 11th seed in the East to now the 6th. Can't say, you know, obviously Giannis, Giannis does most of that, but... With, certainly also playing. withstanding the Jabari Parker injuries. Yeah, to still I mean, make the he certainly had, and I think he deserves mention. Uh, but as far as who's going to win it, uh, I don't know. Got to make a pick. Got to make a pick here. You know, I'm going to just go with my guy Jason Kidd. I've been talking him up. Why not? <laughs> I right, love Jason right. Kidd. <laughs> that was uh, not expected, but, not expected. Um, you know, I, I, like I, I, really, I, like I really like what Brad Stevens has done. Uh, I mean... Yeah, part of it is because I don't think the Cavs have really turned it on. They're 23-23 and 23 in their last 46, the Cavs are. Um, but the Celtics took advantage of it. You know, they they don't have the best team in the East, even. But they played the best in during the regular season. So I think that has to be taken into consideration. But if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick D'Antoni. Um, because you've seen what his system has done, not only for... Uh, his team, but James Harden. James Harden is an MVP candidate solely because of Dan Tony, and I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was prepared to give my pick to Spolstra, but again, I don't like how he didn't make the playoffs. And also, there is an argument to be made that I heard. Um, I didn't think of this argument as somebody else did. I'll give the credit to that other person, but uh, they were 11 and 30, and Spolstra was still the coach when they were 11 and 32. So you know that's tough. Yeah. Um, obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Stevens, great coach, but he has some good players on that team, and they were kind of rising there. And I would, I Pop also, you know, I, I do appreciate what he's done over the years and continues to do with a team that's getting older and still, still rocking it above sixty wins. Uh, obviously, Kawhi is a big reason for that on both sides of the ball. But like Jesse, I will have to go with Mike D'Antoni as well, just because the system it, it proves that um, if a coach has a system and has the right players, he can mold any any sort of team um, with a good point guard and a very talented point guard like James Harden into a contender. And when he was on the Lakers, when he was coaching the Lakers, he didn't have, I mean, Nash was hurt. Kobe, Dwight, Powell just didn't really fit um, the system. But I believe with the right players, and I think D'Antoni's getting uh, sort of, his son's teams of 10 years ago are sort of showing that that system can still work now. And I think now the NBA is heading in that direction more. So um, it's nice to see him kind of, get rede- uh, redeemed in that way with the system and the Rockets are a three seed they are they were an eight seed last year so uh, you know we, we have our mixed feelings about D'Antoni but I think he deserves the award yeah, this year and going back I think D'Antoni deserves all the credit in the world but he has um, you know a top three player in the world on his team and <clears throat> what he deserves the credit for is utilizing him in the right way finally but he also has a pretty talented roster, I guess, and that—that's just always the issue I have here. Is is like you, like I said earlier, is you just don't know how much goes in behind the scenes. Like Pop, we can obviously tell how much work he does because he's consistently had these rosters that have had probably less talent than the rest of the league uh, to put up the records that they have. Um, the one team I guess that stands out that we did talk a little bit about was the Jazz this year. Quinn Snyder, I think, has also done a great job. Yep. Um, that team, one of the most efficient defensive teams in the league, um, and just kind of, 
I don't know. Gobert has turned into a star now. I think that's probably credit Gordon to Hayward. Hayward's Hayward's star. Hayward's star. I know. We just yeah. talking about the defensive end. Hayward was yeah. like the one guy that everyone knew. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, you know, they gave Gobert all that money, and everyone's kind of like, what's going on? And then he's really just proven that he's a rock on the defensive end and on offense pretty good as well. So yeah. I think they all, it's, it's interesting. So we have a, a Jason Kidd for Sully and the Duke <laughs> I'm going to go with Quinn Snyder. Shall I switch it over? Uh, switching like, it up. I like all those right. guys. I mean, it's the same thing to me. <laughs> What does it matter? It's a, you know. I, you're yeah. right. What does it matter? Neither of them are actually going to get it. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, those are guys that deserve it probably more than the star coaches for doing more this year than the other guys have. The guys have put in their time already. So I guess it just doesn't. It's a weird award to me. It's hard to hard to explain. I feel. Like. Yeah. It's depending on how you look at it for sure. Yeah. Um, another award that we also have some different opinions about, or at least on the surface, is Defensive Player of the Year, the old Depoy, and. <clears throat> There are a few candidates, only maybe three main candidates. No, there's not. There's not a few candidates, Nick. We're, we're going to discuss some of these candidates here. There's one candidate. We're going to discuss some of them. And they are, of course, Kawhi Leonard, one of the best, if not the best, two-way player in the NBA. Draymond Green of the Warriors, uh, the five-tool the five tool master who can card any position. Or we're calling st- him a master. The, st- the Stifle Tower. He's calling him a master. The Stifle Tower, who we just discussed, Rudy Gobert on the Jazz. The so. Stifle Tower. That's in, a good in his defense, he did call him a tool master, which is actually <laughs> yeah. more accurate. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, okay, Kawhi, Draymond, or Rudy? I know I know you guys are... The only funny. reason that... And, and maybe not the only reason, but the main reason that Kawhi is in the still in the outskirts of the race for MVP is because he's the best two-way player in the league because of his defensive ability, because he's the best defensive player in the league while doing what he does on offense and running that offense and that whole team. This isn't an argument. Kawhi is is the defensive player of the year. I think it it is an argument. Um, Draymond here... He he just got people hate people like to hate on Draymond because of you know his antics, kicking and doing his things off the court or whatever. But this guy is still his nut know, affinity. You can just call it that. Yeah, it's a nut affinity. This guy is still one of the elite <laughs> defenders in the NBA. The versatility is unparalleled. He can guard one through five and do it well with each with each player he has to match up against. If he wants to guard a point guard, he can lock down a point guard. If he needs to, he can't. I'd love to if, see if him play he, Russ. Yeah, or you know, well, lock, maybe, please, maybe please lock down. Him on John Wall would be an interesting matchup to see. Yeah, let's lock him down. I don't know if you guys are watching the season, but he can guard these guys and he can guard point guards. He can dislodge bigger players out of the post, and I think Draymond deserves serious consideration for the award. Rudy Gobert uh, is a great interior defender, but his lack of versatility, I think, will hinder him in this discussion. Um, he is the best interior defender, in my opinion, in the NBA, but you know he can't really guard on the perimeter, and he isn't as uh, quick as... Um, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It's quick of foot, that's not it, but whatever. Um, Agile? Something of foot. What's the word? I don't know. So I think it comes down to Draymond or Kawhi, and... Even though I really like Draymond and what he brings to the table, I think I have to give this to Kawhi as well, just because in the end I will come around to your side, Jesse. Don't worry. I just wanted to bring this, you know. This point, you, you just wanted to put your boyfriend up on a pedestal uh, and just yes. say, hey. I this, appreciate his versatility. This is your guy. You said, this is my man's right here. Uh, he pays for dinner when we go out, you know, so <laughs> I just wanted to let it be money known. Money green 2-3. You know. <laughs> I'll take some of that green. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's much as my affinity for Draymond as your guys hating on Draymond for no real reason. I think well, he's. I mean, I, there's tons of reasons. He's he's outspoken for many times being wrong. Kicks players in the nuts. Punches in the, punches in the nuts as well. In the, in the nuts. Yeah. 
And he plays he hard. He plays hard. That's what he does. Oh, is yeah. that is that's, that the qualification to play hard? That's because okay. if I do that, then I'll just start kicking guys in the yeah. nuts, and then people just say I play hard. Plus, it's just weird, you know. I, I can't remember when we started this. He's podcast, the heart of that team. Did we base it around Los Angeles sports or Bay Area sports? Los Angeles, right? That's, that's weird. That's weird. Let me check my. That's, what, can you uh, check? That's weird. I didn't know Kawhi, Los Angeles I didn't know right Kawhi was. Uh, I didn't know Kawhi played in California. But, but we don't bring up Kawhi. I guess Kawhi is a Southern California show. guy. You're right. He is literally from Southern California. Yeah, it was San Diego State. Kawhi and from, King, from the King, IE. King, yeah. yeah, King High School, right? Uh, Riverside. Okay, well, I'm going with Kawhi as well. <laughs> I just wanted to make my point about Draymond. I just wanted. I just didn't want to brush to the side. Kawhi, best two-way player in the game, best defender in the game, best perimeter defender in the game. Great, great hands, you know, yeah. everything. Okay, so... So, there we go. Kawhi. To me, at least, it comes down to two guys. Rudy Gobert and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> uh, Draymond uh, is on the most talented team in the NBA. Uh, is on the team that probably works arguably the best together, aside from the Spurs. And he does guard the best player in every team the other night. Um, but he certainly gets a lot of help on team defense. As is Kawhi. But, you know, the big argument for Kawhi about his defensive metrics is that when he is in the game, the Spurs are worse on defense. And to me, all that says is that they, the teams that are playing on offense against the Spurs actively avoid whoever uh, Kawhi is guarding so that he is pretty much taken out of the play. Um, and you do not see that with Draymond. Draymond still, you know, is in people's faces, but he, he does switch off a lot, like you said, Nick. He is versatile, but Kawhi in my mind, is just as versatile. The, the two through f- two four, which is what really they both guard, they can guard any player in the league as well as each other. And on top of that, Kawhi is also their best offensive player when Draymond can just take a back seat. So when he has that big matchup against LeBron, they don't expect him to go down the court and get 25. They expect him to sit at the three-point line and make threes the whole game. Which he still is not great at. Yeah, and especially this year, a little more down here. So in essence, a lot of people make that argument for Kawhi for MVP, and that he has to play both sides of the ball like that. I'm just making it here for defensive MVP is that, or yeah, defensive MVP is that not only does he have to play offense, he still does everything on defense, and teams avoid him because they know how good he is. So that's why I would go for Kawhi. Rudy Gobert, like you said, Nick, best interior defender in the NBA. I believe he led the NBA in blocks this year, um, and is just a rim protector and a lane changer. Um, but French, does, the French rejection. Yeah, Stifle Tower. He's got he's got some great nicknames I didn't even know about. That, <laughs> that, what was the first one he said? Stifle Tower. Stifle Tower. Yeah, Stifle Tower. Is, Which is he doesn't hilarious. like apparently. I've heard he doesn't like that name, but I think it's the best nickname. Well, it's, the best it's like it's like you know if we went and played a sport in another country, we would just get all American nicknames. Like you know, nothing really anything yeah. to do with how we yeah. were. We'd just be like the USA boys, you know. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter. <laughs> we'd, we'd just, we could be totally different people. The Big Burger. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 Exactly. It's like it is what it is. So, so you're taking yeah. Kawhi as well. I'm taking Kawhi. So that's that's a sweep for Kawhi. Uh, I think Kawhi is a deserving MVP candidate in general, but I don't think he's going to win. So I think their voters will probably give him Defensive Player of the Year to give him something because he deserves some sort of award. He's a great player, and uh, you know Southern California guy. So we got to show some love for him. But enough about the awards. It's time for the real deal. The nitty gritty. The playoffs are approaching. Starting on Saturday, the bracket is out. The bracket is finalized, finally. It took, it took until the final game of Wednesday night to finalize this bracket, but it's ready to roll. We're going to start over with the Eastern Conference first and then get to the West. And there's lots of interesting matchups here, but we're going to start with, obviously, the 1 seed versus the 8 seed, which the Celtics, as we discussed, got into the 1 seed after a strong finish to the season, coupled with the Cavs' poor finish to the season. The Celtics will be facing off against the Chicago Bulls, who got into the playoffs on the final day of the season. The 1A matchup, Chicago-Boston. Uh, 
And yes, the Bulls can get a little frisky at times. Frisky is the word we're using? We're going to use frisky. Okay. Dwayne Wade's back. Jimmy Butler's a solid player. They're, they're frisky, but... Um, Dwayne Wade is old. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so old. Well, you know, he's had enough rest. He's, this is That's the time true. when he's going to yeah. you know, come out to play. But I, I just don't see the Bulls getting past the Celtics. I have the Celtics in five in this series. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, I think Celtics in five. I think the Bulls can steal one. I think the biggest uh, thing for Chicago was losing uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Taj Gibson. You know, shout out USC one time. Uh, that's a big loss for them, I think. I think he was he played a bigger part on that team than a lot of people think. Um, yes, the Celtics in five. So not Dougie McBuckets, just Taj? Well, McBuckets was a big L too, but I mean, not as big as Taj, <laughs> you know, the legend. I do actually like, Taj has been uh, a player you've been more right on, I would say, from USC than, than many other basketball players. He actually has a pretty decent NBA career. Uh, but for that first round matchup, Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls, uh, I think the Celtics will take care of business, but it'll go six. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Bulls, will, you know, they're just going to have some fight. And actually, even though I did say Dwayne Wade is old, that dude, like you said, Nick, well rested, can still get buckets. Knows way. the playoffs well, and knows the playoffs well. So it's like I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they could sneak one here or there. Um, <clears throat> Rondo also, I mean, he's had a, very, he's been a very polarizing yeah, guy, but he also knows the playoffs. It's weird that East or that team in the East may be one of the more playoff. Uh, experienced teams, despite being the eight seed, I guess. Um, just up top with Rondo, Butler, and Wade, you just have guys that have been there already at least once. Yeah, first time the Celtics have had the number one seed since their championship year in 2007-08. Uh, we don't like to talk too much about that year. but no. hey, um, That year was trash. And, and then uh, going down, uh, this the Celtics or Bulls will play the winner of the 4-5 matchup between the Washington Wizards. Shout out Jesse here. He's going to have something to say about that. Or the Atlanta Hawks at the five seed. So Wizards, Hawks. I like Jesse. Am a big fan of these Wizards. I think they are a team that is ready to kind of take that next step in the playoffs. They've had they had some disappointing playoff exits recently. Um, the Hawks, on the other hand, you know they Dwight has to play well for them to win the series. I think, which you know, I you can never really count on Dwight to play well in the playoffs, and I don't think he will this year either. They the Hawks have had some nice little wins here against the Cavs in the regular season, but again, that's just the regular season. I'm going to take the Wizards in six. They're going to uh, win this in six. The Hawks will sneak a few wins. Millsap is a good player. And, you know, sh- the Schroeder-Wall uh, point guard matchup isn't very very close, and I think that's going to be the main difference in this. I'm going to take the Wizards in six. Uh, I think we all know where I'm going with this. Wizards are going to win this. I'm going to say in five. I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised in six just because the Hawks have enough talent to steal a couple. But uh, this is the best Wizards team Uh I mean, since they've had Wall and Beal, like, in the, in the past 10, 15 years. Like, this Wizards team is really, really good. Beal is actually putting together a really good season when a lot of people weren't expecting. He's always been injury-prone. Um, but Beal has been putting together a really good season. Otto Porter, uh, Kelly Oubre. This team's got some guys that people aren't really talking about. They're flying under the radar in the East. Um, they're going to win this in five. Yeah, I'm with you, Just I like, and you as well, Nick. I like this Wizards team a lot, too. And I think that this... Uh Right in between the four and five is, is kind of the line in the East where you see people who are legitimate playoff teams and then teams who are just happen to be within the base, best eight records on the Eastern Conference. The Hawks are okay. Um, you know, they, like you said, they ended the year strong. But the Wizards are nice. And, and really what it just comes down to is Wall and Beal to me is just too good um, really to, to be stopped by the, the forces of the Hawks like that. You know, it's just going to be quick five games. Wouldn't be surprised if it was even four, though. Uh, Wizards, take care of business. 
All right. Very good. So we're all in agreement so far on the top of the Eastern Conference. On the bottom of the Eastern Conference now, in the 3-6 matchup, we might have a little disagreement in this matchup, I can kind of sense. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the number three Raptors taking on the number six Bucks. And we know Sully is a, is a Buck boy. Hashtag Buck boy there. Buck we're going to call boy. him that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. If I, uh, that's something that Sully would I endorse. I just would like to say that I reject that. <laughs> um, uh, so we got the the Raptors. Now the Raptors are they loaded up for this playoff run. They got PJ Tucker. They got Serge Ibaka. Kyle Lowry is back healthy. Demar Derozan, superstar player, and um, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They lost to the Cavs, and I think they're ready to kind of make another deep run in these playoffs. The Bucks, though. Talented team. Giannis probably going to win Most Improved Player. Uh, very talented. As we talked about, Brogdon, Rookie of the Year candidate. They have some. They have some guys. I just don't think they're experienced enough. They have not won a playoff series since 2000 and 2001 season. So that's almost two decades ago. And I, I just don't think that they have the experience. They're very young. A very young team. The Raptors are a veteran team that has been here. Um, yes, the Raptors have struggled in the playoffs recently, but they're not going to struggle in this series. I'm taking the Raptors in five. It's not going to be that close, even though the Bucks are an intriguing team. I really, really, really want to pick the Bucks. I really do. But the Raptors have too much. And I think a huge thing is still, and we talked about earlier, the fact that they still don't have Jabari Parker, I think was a huge loss. He was playing really, really well before he went down. Um, Giannis is great. This, this, is a very, this is definitely an up-and-coming team. They're going to make strides next season. I, I see them in the top half uh, of the playoffs next season in a one through four seed. But this is not the season for them. Uh, Raptors in six. Oh, God. This is, I really toss and turn over this. The My series, boy. The, no. <laughs> that is dead. Um, this series will go seven. Um, it may be the best playoff series. Oh, it'll be the best in the East. I, I think about the West matchups; those are going to be hard to beat. But I think it could be the best playoff series in the East, um, definitely for the first round. Um, it's going to break my heart, but I think Toronto will uh, win in seven. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks will be able to go in and win one in the six. That's what I mean. That's really what it comes down to: is winning on the road. And I think what you touched on, just just being a piece away, and whether that is Simmons or some kind of outside help, they are. Just one piece away, because Giannis is like two pieces himself. Yeah. So yeah. the guy, they're just so close, and and I want to root for him because he can do anything. And and you, when you watch him, he just goes on these spurts that make you think that this team can uh, just not be beaten in, in the future. But at the same time, Toronto, they have a, a a solidified star in DeRozan. Someone when it comes down to the last two minutes of the game, every time you can get him the ball. And he's going to get you a bucket, or at least not be afraid to take that shot. And I know that the Bucks have that play. Yeah, and I think I think what you bring up DeRozan is a good point because I think he learned all that at a really really good school, you know, at USC. Um, just really being able <laughs> yeah. to put the ball in the I bucket mean, whenever the he wanted. The entire six months he was on campus yeah. must have been special. <laughs> must have really been special. Anyway, what's the what's the next matchup we got? So there we, we have it. Toronto uh, and seven. There. So going down to the two seven matchup between uh, number two seed Cleveland Cavaliers versus the number seven Indiana Pacers. Now, the Cavaliers, yes, we know they struggled in the end of the regular season, but this isn't the regular season anymore. This is the playoffs, and this is where I think the Cavs are going to start showing why they've been kind of you know going on cruise control until this point. It's the playoffs. It's time. LeBron's ready to roll. The team is ready to roll. They're fully healthy now, coming back into it. Tristan Thompson a little bit banged up, but he's going to play. J.R. Smith a little bit banged up, but he's getting back into his rhythm. Pacers, they've, they've had a team with some, you know, 
tumult of recent of recent times, and I don't think they're ready for what's about to happen. And that's playoff Cavs. It's a sweep. Cavs in four. This, with the regular Cavs team, is a sweep. This is not going to be a sweep. Mm-hmm. They're going to win. The Cavs are going to win. But I think it's going to take them a little bit to really get back into their groove. I think uh, Paul George on LeBron, that's a fun matchup. It's a from, I, what was it, four years ago, the last time that when they really were going at it head-to-head. Um, and they got Lance again. <laughs> Lance is back. And Lance is, Lance, say what you want about how he's playing. He's actually been playing okay since he's been back on the Pacers, but he's someone that gets under guy's skin. He's someone that gets under LeBron's skin. I think he's going to mess things up a little bit. I think he's going to create some friction in this series, and I think this thing goes six. I don't know if it's going to be friction. Maybe a little air, maybe a little blowing in LeBron's ear is what's going to happen. A little repeat of the, the ear blow. Um, uh, Cavs, Cavs and six. It's funny. Uh, Lance Stevenson is one of the players that I could have sworn he was like 38 years old. He's probably like he's, 26. He's 26, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And like player, the team's... Teams are so fast to give up on him. I, that never really made sense to me. But uh, for the series, um, I, I think you guys are, are both right to a certain degree. I don't think this is the, the Cavs team that goes through and sweeps them. I don't think they have that full team yet. But at the same time, Nick, I think it will be pretty easy work for the Cavs. I think five games. Um, J.R. Smith is 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 kind of a an X factor to me because he's not been playing great since he's been yeah. back, despite him being back. You know, he's shooting below 30% from the field. And when you do look at his, his numbers, most of his attempts are from three-point land. So that number is a little skewed. But it's still not where he'd like to be. And and in the past, we've seen LeBron go out and get players like a Ray Allen, per se, who had already won a championship and knew what it would take to, to win a championship. Now you kind of have guys like Kyle Korver, not necessarily what you think of when you think of like NBA champion or uh, someone who's <laughs> going to help your team win. You know, He's certainly a tremendous shooter, but when it comes down to it, at the end of the game, you need dudes that know how to win basketball, um, win basketball games, and they certainly proved that last year. So I don't see why it won't happen again. And, and this first round series will be an easy matchup for them. There you have it. That's our first round for the Eastern Conference. We're going to continue down the list of the Eastern Conference before we head to the West, just so we are staying in conference here. So back up to the top, we we all agree that it's going to be the Celtics versus the Wizards. And you know this this is a budding rivalry. I feel like the teams have played and had a little. Uh, Controversy with the, like the funeral game when the they wore all black to the game. Um, this I, this is a matchup I really want to see, and I think it will happen. Celtics versus Wizards, and I think this is where the Wizards show that they're the real deal in this in, the, in these playoffs. And the Celtics are not worthy of that one spot. The Celtics are a good up and coming team, but the Wizards are a team that's on the on the rise, much faster, much ready to go, much more ready to go. Um, this is uh, going to be a great series. I'm looking forward to it. I'm taking the Wizards in seven. They're going to win at Boston on the road in game seven. John Wall is going to outplay Isaiah Thomas. It's going to be an epic series. I just think the Wizards have too much talent on, in the starting unit. To um, the, the, the Celtics have a nice deep team, but the Wizards' top five is better than the Celtics, and I think that will win out in the end. Uh, Wizards in seven. Yeah, Wizards, Celtics. Um, I, I mean, I'm, you know what I'm going to say. The Wizards are going to take this. Yeah. Uh, the, like you said it again. I mean, the, I still think Boston is a piece away. Yeah, they have the one seed, but I think that's in the East where <laughs> I, they were the team that tried the hardest in the regular season. Um, the Wizards are hot right now. This is the best Wizards team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep touting Otto Porter Jr. That's the X factor. My guy's gonna go on. He's been playing well all season. Um, 
And Boston, I'm not saying the Wizards are necessarily ready to win a championship this year, but they're better than the Boston Celtics. Otto also is another candidate for most improved player there. Uh, yeah. Shout out Otto. And funny, on the flip side right there, you have a, probably who will win that award is Isaiah Thomas uh, for most improved player. Um, and in this matchup, uh, you know, I, I'm going to stick with you guys. I think the Wizards will get this done in, in six games. I think they'll take care of it at home. Um, and, and the big thing to me, uh, as we mentioned, the, the Bulls being one of the most experienced eight seeds, it's the exact flip-flop of this one seed, probably the one of the least experienced one seeds in, in NBA history, I'd say. You know, this team doesn't have many players that have been to the playoffs. And like you said, Jess, um, they tried the hardest in the regular season. And it really reminds me, um, honestly, it reminds me of my own Minnesota Vikings, to switch sports very quickly, is they go so all in to make the playoffs every year that by the time we get to the playoffs, if we do, um, <laughs> they are, are gassed to a certain degree. Or like, you know, it, it's like you've just set your sights so low without even kind of realizing, you know, like we just need to get the one seed we need to get in the playoffs, that once you actually make it, that that same fire isn't there. And I think that's what's going to hurt the Celtics and will allow the uh, Wizards to capitalize on that. I like, you know, hear what I did there. Another DC team. Capitalize. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Wizards. And by the way, before we, we're not going to talk about hockey today, but the Caps are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? All right, well, so far we're all in agreement so far in, in these playoffs. Now going down to the uh, conference semifinal other side with the Raptors and Cavs, we have a, and Sully, by the way, is now holding up a Mighty Ducks, <laughs> Anaheim Ducks. Are they even in the washcloth? They're in the playoffs. I got there that? for Joe because he hates the Ducks. <laughs> One of our buddy Joe Natalizio. The Ducks visited my work today, and they brought us goodies. Oh, wow. For their playoff run. So it, it turns out we are doing a shorter, condensed <laughs> What the Puck segment in the what middle the of puck. our playoff preview here. Anyway. <laughs> they, that, that has been What the Puck with the uh, Mighty Ducks washcloth. Anyway, going down to the Raptors and the Cavs, which is a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. This time they will probably be playing in the semifinals. And this year the Raptors are a little, a little more beefy, a little more. They, they, they're smarter. They can, they can open up these, these, ha- these doorknobs like in Jurassic Park now. They, they know what they're doing. This is, this is the kitchen. This is the kitchen scene, and uh, the reference. <laughs> yeah, so I get you. So it's time for the rematch, and yes, the Raptors beefed up with Serge, PJ Tucker, as I said. They're a better team than they were last year. Last year they lost in six games. Unfortunately, this year they're going to lose in seven. It's, they're not going to beat the Cavs. They're not going to do it. I, I, I think it's going to be closer, and it's going to go all the way to seven games. The Raptors are going to push the Cavs to the very limit. But once again, LeBron is going to prevail in the end. Cavs in seven. You uh, are talking about beef a lot recently. I think there's a Taco Bell down the road. You can get yourself a beefy five layer. You know what I'm saying? If you been, need that. He's been hanging out with Draymond a lot. And there's our, fa- <laughs> and there's our fast food flavor segment. Um, <laughs> Cleveland, I think the Pacers series is actually going to be tougher than the Raptors series. Um Cleveland's going to kind of catch their vibe. They'll catch their wave. They'll get it done, uh, I think. I think Cleveland in six. Uh, the Raptors, I think it's a mental block when you get to the Cavs as well. Um, and a mental success on the other side with the Cavs. I don't, they're just too cocky when it comes to the Raptors where it's like, you are not going to beat us. You might be able to take a couple games, but you're just not going to beat us. And I think on the other side, the Raptors don't believe they can actually beat the Cavs. I just don't. And I think that's a huge part of basketball is mental, obviously. So... I think it comes down to Cavs are just better. Yeah, and to me, this you know this Raptors team, Raptors team is definitely uh, upgraded talent wise from last year. But 
Last year, they just had all the juice, really. You know, they had Drake on the sideline all the time. They had their GM screaming at audiences, you know, when they're holding pep rallies. They just had <laughs> they had all this stuff kind of going on that made you sort of believe that they could do it. And that's sort of what you need more than just on-the-court stuff. This year, they like it's almost like they kind of fell back to earth to a certain degree. No one's really talked about them very much, despite getting better and being almost the same seed. Um they don't seem like as good of a team to me. And I think this is the round where you see that. And I think, honestly, the um, the Cavs can win at five. I don't think it's going to go more than six. I'll go six, but it wouldn't be surprised if they just really take care of business. At the same sense, though, if the Cavs are not taking business at their point at this point in the playoffs, that's a really, they, really bad yeah. sign for them because that is going to be trouble. And so for me, I'm just assuming they're going to be clicking at this point. And so you got Cavs in six, you said? Yeah, I'll go Cavs what, what, what's your game total? I would say Cavs in, in six as well. Drake brings more life, but the Raptors are going to take more L's. Oh, that's a good one. Right yeah, there. there we that's go. That's a good one. <laughs> that is very good. All right, so that brings us to the Eastern Conference Finals matchup where we all have Cavs versus Wizards. Now, this is the series where if the Cavs are going to prove that they're still the top dogs in the East, they win this. If the Wizards are going to knock off the Cavs and reclaim or jump into a new throne in the East, this is the series where they have, to, they have to show it. Unfortunately for me, I think the Wizards in that in, in their previous series against the Celtics are going to be a little too worn down. Uh, the Celtics have a lot of good defenders that are going to just wear down. Guys like John Wall and Bradley Beal to the point where... I don't think they have enough firepower left or juice left or experience, for that matter, left to take out the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. However, it will be a good series. I just see the Cavs prevailing here at this point, finding the rhythm uh, to a greater extent and winning this series over the Wizards in six games. Cavs, Wizards, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Cavs have been there before. LeBron has been to six straight NBA Finals, and that's where the streak ends. <laughs> the Wizards are going to take down the Cavs. Um, you, they're deep this year too. I mean, you got they picked up guys like Bogdanovich. They got uh, Trey Burke. Um, Bradley Beal's having the best season of his career. I want to mention Trey Burke as a factor. He's <laughs> a nice little piece at the very end. Jonah's happy that yeah. <laughs> we're we're they're deep even to the end is what I'm saying. They got guys they can play. Um, this is this is a fun team and they're feeling themselves. DC rising. You know the Caps are going to be on their way to win the Stanley Cup. The the Nats are playing well. It's a fun city right now, and they're gonna just take the energy that's around the nation's capital um, and put it into basketball. I think they're gonna take the Cavs in six. Um, wow! Because they can't do it. They won't do it in Cleveland in a game seven. Wow, Sully, what do you yeah, say about I don't that? Know if you want the energy around Washington right now, but. Uh... <laughs> Either way, well, they'll channel the the political <laughs> negative energy into positive basketball. Yeah, I guess energy. That, see what I'm saying there. That yeah, works. Yeah. yeah. Um, first off, I mean, yeah, this is like you said, Jess, six straight finals for LeBron, um, and I think this is going to be seven. I don't see them losing this series, um, but what I will say is that it ends at seven because a team like Washington, a team like Boston, next year will be, I think, too good at that point. And the Celtics team will have aged out to a certain degree. Especially they also might get a guy like Lonzo Ball That's in the I draft. Mean, yeah. Um, L.A. Love. I mean, I, I hope he wouldn't go to the Celtics, yeah. but the Celtics could be looking at the number one pick in the draft right now um, when it's all said and done. Uh, this series to me is just going to be about, like I just said, if the Cavs are clicking and if they are clicking, then I think LeBron is just going to be on that roll and it's going to take him straight into the finals. 
Um, but uh, you know, as you're saying, the, the Washington team is is very talented. Even aside from John Wall, Bradley Beal is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, Markeith Morris has been balling too. Yeah, yeah. And, and great starting five. So six games. Okay, six games. Cavs. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, Jesse thinks the Wizards are going to be in the finals this year. Uh, Sully and I believe it's going to be the Cavs. Just a quick recap of our Eastern Conference predictions. We have. Pretty much, we, we pretty much go chalk until the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. That's Celtics over Bulls, Wizards over Hawks, Raptors over Bucks, Cavs over Pacers, Celtics over um, Wizards, over Wizards, Celtics. Wizards over Celtics for Jesse, Rapt, uh, Cavs over Raptors, and then, of course, the, the Eastern Conference Finals, as we said, Jesse has the Wizards and we have the Cavs. So that's it for the Eastern Conference now. Um, we, over, we go over to the uh, Western Conference, West Coast, Best Coast, and it's time to start with the 1-8 matchup where there's already been some news floating around in here between the Warriors and the Blazers. Now, these two, these two teams played in the uh, playoffs last year. Blazers get, gave a little run, uh, gave the Warriors a little run for their money, but I, I don't think it's going to be the same sort of situation. Despite what Damian Lillard says, his prediction, the uh, Portland Trailblazers' his point guard said that his team will win in six games, Gotta love the confidence, but it is quite irrational confidence because I don't see the Blazers winning six games, or I don't see them winning one game. It's gonna be a sweep, uh, Warriors in four over the Blazers. Portland's gonna take one, but that's it. I mean, they Dame Dame can do enough by himself to take one, uh, and on like a on a Warriors off night where Draymond plays his best game uh, and then still is only putting up fourteen points, you know. So. Uh, Dame Dame will put up enough to take one win, but yeah, the Warriors are too good. Yeah, and it, you know their prediction is one thing, but uh, you have to predict. Yeah, that. Like, what are you gonna? What are you yeah. supposed to say? You know, like ah, we're probably gonna lose this here. Yeah, we might pull a couple games out, but uh, no, like yeah, like so. I mean, good for him. I think what you suggest. I think they'll take the first game at home, game three. Maybe if it, you know if they're down three, they'll take four. But I don't think it'll be too tough of a series for the Warriors either way. Four or five games. We'll go five because I, I like Dame so much. I just don't think the Blazers... Uh, Damien's a great player, and CJ McCollum is a great backcourt. They just don't really play much defense on the other end, and they're going to need defense if they want to have a chance to win any of these games. I just don't think they have it in them, and that's why I think it's a sweep. Anyway, uh, we all think Warriors there, and then that will go. That will take us to the 4-5 uh, Clippers-Jazz matchup. We have a little L.A. connection here, but not the kind of L.A. connection we would, we would have hoped. Of course, we want the Lakers to be in this in these playoffs, yeah. and it might be a while before that happens, but hey, we got one team in here. It's the Clippers. I guess a year is a long yeah, time. Next year will be the yeah, year. Yeah, a year is a long time. Technically. We one love it. We're cautiously late. optimistic about yeah. the Lakers, of course. And the Clippers, uh, the Clippers-Jazz, this was the last series to be decided on the final night of the regular season uh, where it was going to take place. The seedings had to shake out there, but it will be a Clipper home game in game one. They will have the home court advantage. Uh, so they'll be playoff basketball at Staples Center on Saturday night. Now, this is an interesting matchup because the Jazz are a, another up-and-coming team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 2011-2012. Uh, uh, good defensive team, a star in Gordon Hayward, a defensive uh, presence in Rudy Gobert, a veteran in Joe Johnson, a solid point guard in George Hill. They're a good team, great coach. Uh, the Clippers, though, are also at uh, full strength, and when Chris Paul is on the court, the Clippers are actually a very good team, as the record has shown this year. The Clippers can survive without a guy like Blake Griffin, but if Chris Paul is in there, they're, they're, it's tough, but he is there. They're healthy. Of course, they missed the, they, they, uh, their playoff got ruined last year with some injuries. I think this will go seven games, and with the Clipper home game in Game Seven, I'll give the Clippers with the the series win. I think if they were playing, if if Utah got this four seed and was playing the majority of the series at home, this would be a five game series. So with Utah winning, um, 
now that it's switched up, I mean, Utah's just a really, really good home team. So it's switched up. Uh, Clippers are going to be at home. This is now a six-game series, you know, and the Clippers are going to lose. Yeah. No, Utah's <laughs> got this. Uh, they're going to be able to D up. Blake Griffin is a one-trick pony when it comes offensively. Um, and having Gobert come down and, and body these fools yeah. in the post, hey, I, I think that's huge. I don't know, though. Blake's been popping from three lately this past month. He's actually been making multiple threes a game. If he can pull Gobert out there, I think that could give the Jazz a little bit of trouble. Just, just throwing it out there. I would let him shoot. All yeah, day. please. Absolutely. Like if Blake Griffin wants to go shoot threes, be my guess. He's been, he's been training. He's if been he training wants him. to take eight to make two, like six points, good for him. I'll let him do that the entire game. Um, to me, uh, what I like to title the name of the series is the beginning of the end, and that's when it comes to the Clippers because they will lose this series, and it will set off a chain reaction within the organization to realize that they're going to have to change something at some point. Oh, it's blowing up. And I, I listened to this the other day. Uh, I can't remember what who was talking, but they're saying basically that maybe the Clippers are just okay with not sucking anymore, and that this is fine for them. You know, being the four seed is essentially better than being the twelve seed in the West every year, and they'd rather do that and not win a title than suck. But at the same time, Steve Ballmer doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's okay with complacency. So he would want to advance. So really, just when it comes back to this series, I think Utah is too good on defense. Gobert is the is the X factor inside. Um, the Celtics' big advantage is that they have the twin towers down there, uh, who are so athletic. But then when you kind of just can cancel one of those out, especially if it's Blake, you're going to make Draymond or not sorry not Draymond DeAndre use um, an actual skill set on the offensive side rather than just alley it to him. He's not really an effective player. Um, and I just think it's a coming out party for the Jazz. Uh, and it's a big year for them. Um, great coach, as we talked about, Snyder. And if they manage to keep Hayward next year, I think they're going to be a really good team going forward. And this is just the start for them. Yeah, it's it's definitely two different routes right yeah, now. Directions. The Clippers are spiraling down while the Jazz are coming up. Yeah, I'm not I'm not <laughs> mad at your guys' picks. I no. think the Jazz could potentially win this. Uh, yeah. I just think that a healthy Chris Paul is going to be the best player in the series and going to guide the Clippers to the win, but uh, it, it could go either way. It's going to be a good series. The other thing I just want to, before I move on from the series, do not count out some kind of weird thing happening, because this always happens to the Clippers, whether it be yeah. an injury or some kind of off-the-court deal, but they just always seem to run as some bad luck. Someone yeah. should definitely be around Blake at all times, make sure he doesn't punch any equipment managers, yeah, exactly. um, anything like that. Well, there, there, there you go. That's the top of the Western Conference. Now, going down to the bottom of the Western Conference... The matchup I'm most excited for in the first round, and that's Rockets-Thunder. Harden-Westbrook, it comes down to this. MVP implications on the line, season on the line for these two teams. This really shows who is the MVP, I think. Uh, the Rockets will have home court advantage because they were the three seed, as we discussed. Uh, Thunder, the sixth seed. And this is going to be an amazing series, just body blow after body blow between these two point guards. or They're not even point guards, just these two MVP candidates who are going to be leading their teams. And the Rockets have a little bit of a deeper team, a little more shooting on the court. But, you know, I think the way that Harden gets to the, the rim and the, the free throw line a lot has to do with some foul calls that maybe he won't get in the playoffs. And Westbrook doesn't really care about foul calls. He's always, he, he, of course, Westbrook does get foul calls himself because they're both superstars. Um, but Westbrook is going to show that he wants to be this MVP. He doesn't need anybody to win a series. And... Unfortunately, it's just not going to be enough. I think the Rockets will still prevail prevail in seven games, but I'm I'm just excited to see this game this series go seven games so we get as much of Westbrook and Harden as possible. I think this is easily the most 
highly anticipated series of the playoffs. Um, because, as you said, I think people are going to be pinning it as who's the real MVP. I, I'm not doing that because Russ is the MVP either way. But um, it's going to be fun to watch them battle it out because I think that's both of Harden and Westbrook's mindset is going to be as well. They're really battling to prove that they're the MVP. Harden said, you know, oh, it's about winning. I think that just put more pressure on him. Now he has yeah. to win yeah. if he feels like he's the MVP. So um, it's going to be a really, really fun series. Uh, this is when Steven Adams likes to come out and play and shine is in the playoffs. Uh, and they got my guy, Taj Gibson. So that's a big play. <laughs> Dougie McBucket's surrounding. And, of course, the best player in the league right now, Russell Westbrook. The Thunder, pull it out. I do like the pick. I just want to say Taj Gibson is, is the kind of guy who you want on your team in the playoffs as opposed to, say, yeah. like a Ryan Anderson uh, on Houston, uh, a softer guy who's going to be hanging out of the three-point line a lot. You want these kind of hard-nosed guys like Taj Gibson, which is another reason the series will go seven. Um, you say the Thunder are going to pull this out? Yes. In, in seven? Or? I think seven, yeah. They're going to win on the road in game seven. Wow, yeah. so Russ is going to... Okay, there you go. There you have it. So That's like, a classic uh, Russ performance, too. Yeah, and I think what both of you guys mentioned... Um, is that this is like a lot of people are, are touting this is like basically, you know, a real life example of this MVP race um, on the court. And that's what I don't think it should be. You know, it's not yeah. that the award is about the regular season, that award is about individual performance. It has nothing to do with the team series, you know. Um, but it's too easy to make that relation. So everyone's going to do it either way. And when it comes to the mindset, specifically for those two stars, that's where I think the differentiating factor is. You know, uh, I think Harden does care what everyone thinks, and he cares if he wins yeah. an award. Um, and this isn't to say that Westbrook doesn't care, but, like, in my mind, like, Do What I Want is a perfect song for him because he is not going to be influenced by anyone. You know, he's not going to bend to anyone else's will. He's going to play his style of basketball, which he showed this year. Everyone criticized him all year. Everyone said this is going to be the ball hall year for him, and... You can make that argument after this year that kind of maybe he did ball hog, but he also averaged a triple-double. So he pretty much shut up anyone there is to shut up. He did it his style. He did it his way. And I just don't see a season like that coming to an end so soon. So I'm with you on this. Just I've got Thunder in seven games. Um, but this will undoubtedly be the best first-round playoff matchup in the West. There's so many good ones. You know, I think that that uh, like on court, that Buck series in the East will be very good, but this just has so much hype surrounding it, has so much baggage just for these, you know, this three six series. Um, it's crazy, and I think I think the Thunder will take advantage. I'm not take advantage. They'll just get it done. Um, and I think, like you said, Jess, Russ game seven. It's gonna be another one of those. One of those dumb 40, 50 15, points. And yeah, 15. it's gonna be yeah. stupid, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a game winner to send them in the next round. Okay, so you guys both have the thunder there. Uh, I wasn't bold enough to make the pick. I had the Rockets. I just think, one more point about the Rockets, I think they have a little bit deeper bench. Uh, two six-man-of-the-year candidates on the same team with Lou Williams and Eric Gordon. I just think that's kind of where the series might turn once those two superstars get off the court and when the second unit comes in and the Rockets have the advantage there. But hey, you know, we'll see what happens. I can't wait for it. Unfortunately, it is the last game this weekend on Sunday night, so yeah. we have to wait for it. But the anticip- anticipation will only uh, make it that much better. And then going down to the last first-round matchup of the Western Conference, um, that's the Spurs and the Grizzlies, the two and the seven. They played in the first round last year, and the Spurs swept them. I'll give the Grizzlies one game here because they have Conley playing really well this year. Um, Marcus Gasol is back playing well for them, but uh, they're not going to beat the Spurs. The Spurs are who they are. They're a great team in the playoffs, and I have the Spurs in five. 
Uh, you know, I really wanted to see Memphis play Golden State in the first round because I think that would have been a f- really fun matchup. Uh, but unfortunately, we've got the Spurs in Memphis. I'm the same with you, Nick. Memphis will pull out one, but that's that's just about it. Yeah, and this is tough for me personally because this is a team I was huge on all year, Memphis. And, <laughs> that's very true. And I still love Memphis's team a lot. I just think the West, their issue is that they haven't progressed as much as the rest, the rest of the West has. You know, they've kind of stayed with that team. I still like Gasol and Conley a lot. Randolph's getting up there a little bit. His mobility obviously is not getting any better. Not that it was great to begin with. Um, I think the Spurs will win this in five. But I would like to give a shout-out to Mike Conley as well. After receiving the biggest contract in NBA history, I believe, unless he's mm-hmm. been beaten now, yep. Yep. Um, has had the best year of his career. And that dude is, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, for point guards, you sleep on Dame, sleep on this and that. This dude, consistently one of the best players in the NBA without really needing or wanting any attention. Also, an interesting fact, I don't think he's ever gotten a technical foul his whole career, which yeah. speaks to the level of character for him as well. Um, I certainly couldn't do that. I almost got teed up in a rec league game last week. <laughs> so sense. to do that you know, when the game really matters is impressive, but that doesn't going to help you in the playoffs. <laughs> so San Antonio, San Antonio at five. All right. That's our first round predictions there. And moving on to the semifinals, going back up top, the old, uh, you guys have Warriors and Jazz. I have Warriors and Clippers. I'll start with my Warriors-Clippers matchup. And as we've seen this year, the Clippers just simply cannot beat the Warriors. And they're not going to beat them in this series either. It's not going to be close. It's going to be just a repeat of what we've seen all year in the past two, three years. Uh, Clippers might get one thanks to a you know, good tandem performance of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul one, one day. But this is going to be Warriors in five. It's going to be quick and easy. And the Clippers, as you guys predicted, will probably blow up after this matchup. Because, again, they cannot get past the second round. And they will not get past the second round this year. Yeah, I so Clippers Jazz here. I mean, I'm sorry. Wow, uh, Warriors Jazz here, and I, the Warriors are too much. The Jazz aren't ready. I I'm gonna say a sweep. Honestly, I I don't think the the firepower really matches up well enough. I I don't know if Gobert is quite good enough offensively to really make an impact and really take advantage of the fact that the Warriors do lack some height and and the big man. Um, so. You know, like Zaza Pachulia is just not going to get it done as we go further down the line. But, uh, yeah, I, Warriors sweep. Um, okay. Uh, the Warriors are going to win this series, but it's going to be closer than a lot of people uh, are giving the Jazz credit for, I think. During the regular season, and I know how much we kind of have a distaste for regular season basketball to a certain degree, but they split. You know, they went 2-2. Two and two. And none of the games were exceptionally close. Except for the most recent one, that the Jazz won by six points. Um, just a couple days ago, actually. Uh, now, I think that's a great sign for the future. But in this matchup, like you said, both of you, too talented, too good. I think that'll go six games. Um, and I think it could even be 2-2 at one point. Uh, but I think the, in the end, the Warriors will just take care of business. Yeah, uh, just my, my two cents on a, a possible... Warriors-Jazz matchup. I just think the Warriors are too good of a team in terms of they'll be able to pull Gobert away from the rim where to kind of neutralize him with their shooting, and he just won't be effective in the series as much as he has in the regular season. And without Gobert, um, they're going to have to rely on guys like Gordon Hayward, who I just don't think is ready to be that superstar to win a series for his team yet. And, um, the, the, yeah, the Warriors are just too talented, and they're going to be anybody who they play in this matchup. So uh, going down to the other side of the bracket... Uh, or other side of the Western Conference bracket, that's the 
Thunder slash Rockets versus the Spurs. Now, this is kind of a uh, battle of two contrasting styles, no matter who it is. I picked the Rockets to be in the series against the Spurs, a little Texas two-step showdown, if you will. Uh Um, (laughs) But uh, it's going to be tough. The the Rockets and Spurs, uh, you know, very different styles of play. The Spurs are set in their Popovich ways that has worked well for the past two decades and worked uh, very well. The Rockets are kind of the face of the new trend in the NBA, a little more uh, space it out, free-flowing offense with James Harden. Unfortunately, the difference for me in this series is that the Spurs have a guy named Kawhi Leonard who can neutralize at least to an extent, maybe not slow him down all the way, but at least slow him down enough, slow down James Harden, uh, to the point where if you, if you take out James Harden, you kind of take away the heart of the Rockets, and in that way, um, the Spurs will advance. I think Harden won't be totally shut down, and I think this series will go seven, where the Spurs will pull out a classic Spurs win in San Antonio um, over the Rockets in seven. And you guys have the Thunder in the series? Yeah. Yeah, I have the Thunder playing uh, the Spurs, and it's tough. As good a season as Russ has had, legendary season as Russ has had, they haven't been able to do much against the Spurs all season. Uh, that's kind of their kryptonite, and I don't see them really being able to put enough together in the playoffs. I think they can steal two, maybe. Um, so I'll say I'll just say Spurs in six, but that's a maybe. I don't think it's close to a seven game. I think it's closer to a five-game series than a six-game series. The Spurs are too talented, and Pop is too good. Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is that Pop's been running this set and running this scheme and running, playing this style of basketball since I was in the crib. So to think that you know he doesn't have it perfected and that he doesn't show it at this point of the year, well, you haven't been watching much basketball. Because when it comes down to it, Pop's just going to get his team ready no matter what the style is uh, that he's playing against. And... For the Thunder, I think that series before, if they do win, uh, will be extremely draining. Yeah. You know, that's going to be such an emotional series going up against Harden, and they'll have to do so much just to win that that I think that this series will end up in four or five games for the Spurs with perennial most valuable defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to go Spurs in five against the Thunder. All right, so now that'll lead us to a series that we've all sort of been expecting all year, and that's a Western Conference Finals matchup between the Warriors and the Spurs. And this is where I will take uh, just a more talented team over uh, a team with more talented individuals over a team full of solid players. So I'm taking the Warriors over the Spurs in this series. It will be a good series, but I just think the Warriors just have too much firepower for the Spurs to handle. Kawhi can only guard one of those guys. He, is he going to guard Curry? Is he going to guard Durant? Is he going to guard Clay? Um, Draymond is there too. I, mean, I just think there's too many options that the Warriors have at their disposal. Um, in the post, you know, Draymond has shown to be able to lock down LaMarcus Aldridge when he needs to. And the, the other options for the Spurs are like Pau Gasol and Tony Parker, who are just not ready and not quick enough to handle guys like Steph and these guys in the post. And Kevin Durant's going to be a, a small ball four, and who's going to guard him? It's just, uh, you know, there's just too many options. Warriors in six, and they will win um, on the road in San Antonio to get to make their way back to the finals. So when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, uh, I said to both of you, the Warriors will not be in the finals this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not changing that. <laughs> That's why. I love that idea. Love it. Yeah, they're playing well. They're a very talented team. They're they're talented. Every team that's in the Western Conference Finals is going to be talented. Um, but 
like you said it, they're a team of more individuals, and they do play very good team basketball. They pass the ball. No one really uh, worries about who's getting the stats in each game, and that's true. But the OG of that is Greg Popovich and the Spurs. They started it. They didn't start it, but they perfected it. They're the team that you look at when it comes to team basketball, and that's going to continue. They're going to show the Warriors why team basketball is the best and how to even do it. They lost Tim Duncan, but they have LaMarcus Aldridge, and you say that Draymond Green has shown that he can lock LaMarcus Aldridge down. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is extremely talented. LaMarcus Aldridge is going to make Draymond Green his son <laughs> in this series. Uh, and a role Nick wishes he had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the Spurs are, this is this is their year to, to make the finals, and I think the Warriors uh, think, I think they're too cocky. You want to be confident when you play basketball? I think they're cocky, and that's when it's going to come back to bite them. Yeah. Man, this is this is some tough stuff to pick right here. Um, you know, I've been uh, kind of thinking that this Warriors team would hit a rocky point at some point throughout the year. Um, and they just, they did. You know, they lost Kevin Durant, and they got better. You know, it didn't matter. They won 14 straight games in a row, and then they got him back. So to me, I think the Warriors are going to win the series. Um the difference to me uh, in this team style of basketball for the Spurs is that it's kind of it's just Kawhi at the point, you know. As you know, and, and the point I mean, he's leading the pack. Whereas before, you kind of had always either like you know you had Tim Duncan and the Admiral in the late '90s, then you had Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan uh, in All Star points in their careers. Uh, the next couple times they won titles, and this time around they. They don't have that, you know. They they have Aldridge, but he's under, kind of been underwhelming in San Antonio to a certain degree. Uh, Gasol is at the end of his career. You know, Ginobili is not the same player he was in the past. Um, and I just think this is the series where you really see it. Seven games against the Warriors. If it was one game, I could see the Spurs winning, and I think they will win at least two. But I think the Warriors in six to get this done. Those those are excellent points, Sully. Those yeah. are points I definitely agree with. Another point I'd like to make about it is uh, if we just look back just one year ago, the Spurs were ousted in the playoffs by the Thunder, a yeah. team that had the same sort of athleticism and players. Kevin Durant was on that team um, with Russell Westbrook, and they were able to just you know out outplay the, the Spurs. And the Warriors are a better team than last year's Thunder, and I just think they're the team to beat in the NBA right now, and the Spurs aren't going to be able to do it. The Spurs are a good, a good team, fundamentally sound, consistent team, just not good enough, bottom line, to beat the Warriors. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it comes down to, is, is like what you started with. Just too much talent. And I'm all about the team ball, but that's just an you know, overly talented team, an all-star team. Yeah, I get it. No, I mean, South Carolina was in the Final Four this year. Yeah, and then they lost to yeah. an overly talented team. I'm saying they're not, they weren't the most talented team. Until they lost to one, though. Yeah, but they they in this, they beat, in this situation. Yeah, that's why teams. the Spurs are going to get to the they Western Conference teams. Finals they and beat, lose. But they beat teams that were that were more talented than them. I'm just saying it doesn't always work out. It doesn't always work out. And I I'm going to take someone like Popovich and who's been there before. And I understand. Yes, last year they lost yeah. to Kevin Durant. Every um, year is not last year. Every year is not the same. Yeah, and, and, well, um, I mean, the, and you got guys, and, and one of the things is like, yes, Kawhi is the guy. Every year is cool. not the same, especially when Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry are on the same team. 
that has nothing to do with every year is not the same. But Kawhi is, yeah, he's the star. He's the go-to guy. But you, you see guys like Tony Parker stepping up. Everyone Like, he's actually turned back the clock a little bit this year. Um, this is not a team that's going to sit down. Like, this is you're, you're acting like this is just... I know you guys didn't say it, but you're acting like it's a sweep. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying it's a sweep. I said, I said I Warriors think, in six. Spurs will win some games, show that they're still a Spurs, but they're not a team. They're not the Spurs who are going to beat yeah. these Golden State Warriors. And it's it's about longevity in these series. You know, it's it's not a, a short spurt here. It's it's a length. And I agree. And being able to just kind of be an athletic team, like the Spurs are going to count on those days to bounce back. Warriors, they could play seven days in a row, and it probably wouldn't be as big of a difference for them. You know, you obviously never do that in basketball, but younger they're, legs, they're yeah. a younger-legged team. They're a younger team in general. Yeah, talented, but when is that? Talented, the fact athletic. that they're younger and the fact that teams are more younger than the Spurs and more athletic than the Spurs has never hurt them in the past. Yeah, They've never been the youngest or the most athletic team in the league, and yet they still have five championships. But they were also younger at every point besides this, you know? Yeah, the Warriors were also younger every year before no, this. No, but team. I'm saying, like, they, they had get talent. older. They had, yeah, yeah, but they had youthful talent. Now they have... Elder Stay you there, you know. I mean, no, I'm talking about the Spurs. The Spurs, uh, but the, like it was old man Kawhi. Duncan and, and Manu, and like every year we would come in and we like the, yeah. the year that they beat the Heat. So we're coming in and we're last, saying, when was we're last, saying, when was last year they won a title? Probably That's the Heat, 2014. 2014, the Spurs, no, the Spurs, the Spurs. And so you know that was probably the end of their era. And then the last two years, you know, we, I mean, saw, we said we said it was oh, the end of that. the Spurs era no, every other year, and they kept winning. I don't see a difference. But they also had Tim Duncan that whole time. They don't have any. Yeah, they have a player who's better than Tim Duncan right now. Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge right now or last year is better than Tim Duncan at the end of his career. Yeah, but who'd you rather have in the playoffs? This season? Well, right now, Tim Duncan's been sitting around all year. But last even season, last season, I don't know. About I'm that. just saying, like, just look at last year, Jesse. They they lost to the the Spurs, lost to the Thunder, a team that was very similar to these Warriors in that they were athletic, explosive. We're just making yeah. the same arguments over and over all right. again. All right, well, let's just doesn't let, make them we'll, wrong. We'll, we'll let it play out. We'll let it play out. Jesse has the Spurs in the finals, which is a valid point to make. We're not going to argue fully against it. We just, Sully and I just disagree with it. Respectfully <laughs> we, disagree. We disagree. We disagree. disagree. And you disagree. know that, that that there's it's great. It's great to have disagreements in these in these podcasts, and and that's why we love it, and that's why we like you guys listening to us like disagree. I, like I've always said, hatred is the strongest foundation for any friendship. Yeah. So if yeah. we're not arguing, you know, we're probably doing something wrong. Right. So we reached the finals, the NBA finals. And I have, and Sully and I both have a rematch of last year. Actually, it's going to complete the trilogy of this matchup. Mm-hmm. Cavs, Warriors, third time in a row meeting the finals. I love the storyline. I love the matchup. And I love a different result this year because I love these Warriors. I said it at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to change my pick now. Just too good of a team. Too much talent three of the top 10 players in the in the world on the same team the Cavs only have one of the top 10 players on the world in, in on their team uh, potentially two but I just think the Cavs have you know they've been tired this whole year we've seen it they're 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 going to be in the playoffs they're going to be winning the playoffs um but like I said in the in, in the predictions earlier in the Eastern Conference they're going to play some tough series against the Raptors and the Wizards they're going to win those series but I think they're just going to get a little bit drained um I think there will be an injury or two along the way because these Cavs are an older veteran team that without without much depth um and I think it will catch up with them LeBron it will be LeBron again um but as we've seen when LeBron is just LeBron and doesn't have any help they lose like they did two years ago to the Warriors I think it's gonna be the same thing here uh I LeBron's run uh, will not be he'll, he'll not be able to defend his title. This is the Warriors' year, and they will win in a rather quick series. Actually, it's going to be Warriors in five to win the NBA title. 
Jesse? Well, I have a completely different finals than both of you. I have Wizards and Spurs <laughs> in the finals here. And, I like it. Um, you know how tempted I am, but I can't do it. This is, this is class. I mean, Scott Brooks and Greg Pogwich have matched up in the playoffs <laughs> so many times. And Pop has always and will always get the best of Brooks when it comes down to a playoff series. And uh, that's the monkey on Scott Brooks' back, I think. And while I love this Wizards team, they're not ready to do it yet. And I think I'm just going to quickly just, I mean, Spurs and six. Uh, and right. let, let, let this go on. I don't need to say much else. I'm proud of how far the Wizards have hypothetically gone uh, in, in my bracket. Um, and I'm proud of this team and what they've done in my mind. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. Spurs in six over the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, um, man, this is so hard, you know. Simply for the fact that you have one side of my mind using like you know reason and logic and looking at stats and seeing how good the Warriors are. And then the other side is just like, dog, you're gonna go against LeBron again. Like, you dummy, you didn't learn this lesson last year. You never go like you don't never go, go against, against LeBron, LeBron unless you're playing the Wizards. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, I think the Warriors will win. Um, there you go. And That's I, I the right take. The really the issue is that it's too hard to go back to back. Like you said, Nick, they are gonna the Cavs are gonna be so tired. After having gone and schlepped through this whole playoff process, going to have much closer series than the Warriors are going to have. Um, and I'm almost biting my tongue as I'm saying this, just because LeBron is—I can see him like shaking his head in my mind, saying like, "You're really going to do me like this again, Sol?" And he wouldn't like LeBron when he's no. angry. And I, and I, I wouldn't like LeBron, and I feel like maybe I should trust LeBron because you know Kendrick Lamar allowed LeBron to, to sample his album early. Very true. And if, if K-Dot's okay with it, I mean, I feel like i got to be okay with it. Damn. But in the end, it comes down to the Warriors' talent. comes down to just adding Kevin Durant to a team that had already broken the record for the most wins in an NBA regular season. This pick was made for me when I woke up on last year's 4th of, 4th of July morning. Oh, when I woke up to my phone and I saw the decision that Kevin Durant made, it was a shocking decision, but... That pick was made for me that morning, and I'm not straying from that. I yeah, it's unfortunate because it's like, oh, that we already know what's going to happen in the NBA season. But no, we're NBA fans. We like watching the season. We like watching Russell, guys like Russell Westbrook have those kind of seasons. But when it when it comes down to it at the end, just you can't you can't beat a team that has the talent the Warriors have on it. It just it won't happen. And I don't even LeBron, LeBron, one of the greatest players, if not the best player in the world right now, or that we've ever seen. Yeah, one guy is not going to be able to beat a team with. Very comparable players to his skill level in okay. KD, um, Clay, Steph. So let's just springboard this into maybe a nice little question to wrap up. If LeBron overcomes these odds that we are literally saying are insurmountable, or two of us are saying, is he the greatest player of all time at that point? No. With that resume? Why not? I mean, as far as yes. an individual player, who was better than him in NBA if history? If LeBron... Like, who has willed more teams to finals? Who is better... I mean, you could make the argument stats-wise that, you know, like, Will Chamberlain was better. But the argument I always make is that the players that were playing 40, 50 years ago were not physically as gifted as well as were in leagues that had less talent overall. So their stats would be different today. And people can argue against me saying that he's still great, but I will never change my mind on that because I've seen it. You know, we grew up... If we don't think that we're the best generation of athletes right now because of science and because of watching people in the past play then that's an issue. In no other field in the world do you regress like that, or at least not advance. 
So I think that that's a giant question. So I think yeah. it's probably better saved for a bigger discussion, which we will have on this podcast. But just to answer it briefly for you, I already think LeBron is a top three player of all time. And if he, I think it really just comes down to LeBron and MJ for me. And we can yeah. argue about this later. But I think if LeBron does win this particular finals with this particular odds and stakes at the mm-hmm. line, um, I would really have to consider him putting at him at the yeah. top. But and that, again, and that's very hypothetical. That's why I brought it up too, is because specifically these odds yeah. in the playoffs. Not that he just will add another title, yeah. but because how much you'd have to overcome. And I think that is a great discussion to have. Yeah. We can make, we can make a whole podcast about that. Actually, we will see. You know, yeah. in, uh, in in four to six months when the NBA playoffs are over, <laughs> we can reconvene. Maybe we'll come out of hibernation, and uh, we can discuss. What really but, has happened? But to be clear, we will be having more podcasts within the yeah. four, next four to six months. <laughs> um, hibernation, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, NBA we're, we're, hibernation. We're going to be definitely, you know, in our groove watching the NBA playoffs. It's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. We're ready for it. Yeah. That's been our playoff prediction for you guys. That's yeah. been Cautiously Optimistic 10. Like we said before, we reached double digits. We're proud of that. We like that you guys have been following us along the way. Um, any other last words from you guys? Um just a couple, you know, follow us on Twitter, at CouchSleepPod. Follow us on Facebook. Um, Nick has promised us that, specifically on Twitter, you know, if we get to the 100 follower mark, which may seem like not the highest number, but we are very proud of every single one of our followers. Trying to get to that century. Uh, if we get to that century mark, Nick will release a freestyle rap. That uh, has been promised. Has been promised. I'll promise, even a joke. I'll promise again right now. It's going to yeah. happen. Get us to 100, and you'll be you'll be hearing some, some, some bars, some flow, whatever you want to call it, from Nick O. Already starting right there for you, a little preview. <laughs> so just hearing that, I can just, you can tell, you're yeah. really going to want to hear from Nick O. Uh, for those of our, us that are strictly Facebook followers, maybe time to make the Twitter the best social media account to own. It's fact. You know, why not follow us on both? Uh, but anyway, thanks again, folks. This has been the NBA preview, playoff preview. Go Wizards. And we will see you very, very soon. Enjoy the playoffs, everyone. Thanks.